minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
face is
Shem Yeah. 
Scheine Taten ruhig in feine Gedenken mir. Irische Leim, die prachtvolle Städtele, wecken vergessen für nie. In ihr Gassen hinter die heuchen Teuren, pflegen mich spazieren gein. Die kleine Hase eingilt in die Mäuren, seit sie sein Gewehen scheint. Ihre Steine viel Seudes behalten, alter Säue viel Jur. Dine wie im auf seine Ginnem gesingen, in der Mantale Mur. Viel man fand, die Schulten sich behalten, kein Mukampach hat nicht gewähnt. Ihre Schelei, mein Kreuz für reine Gold, ich will dich noch am Tate, wir wollen zurück heim gehen, ob ich die Öffen dem Tier. Wo zurück auf ihre Schleim, dem Scheine, wo ich bin ich verhindern zu verdienen. Wenn ein Stein auf ein Herz gelegen, wie Zigeine gewähnt. Mit der Korken im Beißamig durchgelaufen, dem Taten gegangen sein. Die Kahanen und Wasserkleide gerade gestanden, wie Sönner in Dienst. Die Levien scheines Mieres gesingen, Arzt dich bereit. Alle Völker pflegen niemand und es schicken, der bereit ist, einen mir gewählt. Als mir seinen Ballit bei dir beschäftigt, haben alle gekannt sein. Tate, wir wollen zurück heim gehen, ob ich die Öffen dem Tier. Bot zurück auf dem Tempel, dem Dritten, wo ich bin nicht verharrt, verdient. Schwere, gefinden sich mir. 
J.M. in the A.M. with Simcha Liner. Kanfein is Sharim and Espanecha before that. That's right. Two in a row from Simcha Liner. Here at J.M. in the A.M. Udi Davidi with Ismach Hatani. You heard Yerushalayim, a very heartfelt selection from Chaim Shlomo Mayas. Shlaimi Tysik and Hodu. Ode done by Yoni Z. Michael Nadada Zachenu. Uh, David Schlusselberg had Nigun Rikud. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Thursday, JM in the AM Thursday. You know what that means? The start of a big day here at the Nahum Siegel Network with all of our great programming on a Thursday. We'll go through all of that coming up. And a big thank you, of course, to Avrami. He hosted yesterday while I was off for the morning. And I uh, thank him very, very much. He uh, took care of a Rosh Chodesh morning for all of us yesterday here. At JM in the AM Azal Tov, to those who have uh, completed Mesechus Ksuvus, that happened yesterday in the Daf Yomi cycle. Congratulations. And of course, Hatzlacharaba, much luck ahead for, the, uh, for everybody who's starting Mesechus Nidarim today. Uh, as the cycle of Daf Yomi continues, one page per day in the study of the Talmud. And again, Mazal Tov to those who've completed Mesechtas and Hatzlachar to those who are starting Mesechtas, including the Durham today in the study of Daf Yomi. Rabbi David Cohen's going to join us coming up. He is the author of the brand new book, Together Again, Reimagining the Relationships that Anchor Our Lives. This is a very cool post-COVID book, frankly, if I'm allowed to use the phrase post-COVID. <laughs> I uh, was speaking to somebody yesterday who clearly was not in the mindset of post-COVID, but we'll see if more and more people, in fact, <laughs> come to that side of uh, of things. Um, anyway, that's not the topic for today. Rabbi David Cohen's book, though, is uh, the topic. We'll speak to him in hour number three this morning here at JM in the AM. Um, what is this? Oh, Listener Klein says, Boker Tov saw an over-the-top rainbow in the sky yesterday. Parshas Noach can't be too far away. Shabbat Shalom. Yeah, Parshas Noach is this week. In fact, we read it this morning. And uh, no question that rain- rainbows certainly remind us of uh, Parshas Noach. No question about that. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away tomorrow. Malcolm Holmline expected. He'll join us here at JM&AM the Friday before the Israeli elections. We'll talk about that, and I'm sure plenty more, all tomorrow morning at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time right here at JM in the AM. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for being part of this amazing radio experience. And um, we have plenty more coming up on a Thursday with Baruch Levine here at JM in the AM. Oh, oh, oh. 
Lipa with Ben Fager here at JM in the AM. Shalshalis Jr. before that with Chai. You heard Umdos done by the Solomon Brothers. Roger, Rogers Park had Moshiach here at JM in the AM. Tomorrow on this broadcast, Malcolm Honeline, hour number two. Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We'll talk about what's happening in this amazing world of ours. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galait's on the background. Do our news from Israel coming up? Israeli elections happen on Tuesday. November for... Oh, they just said a Chad November. That's funny. First of November, Election Day in Israel is coming Tuesday. The latest in a series of elections in Israel. <laughs> election Day in Israel is not just a... Uh, it's not just a day. It becomes a, a full series, <laughs> the way things have been going over there. Anyway, that's uh, happening Tuesday, and of course, we'll talk about that and much, much more tomorrow morning with Malcolm Honline right here at JM in the AM. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Malcolm Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Again, feel free to comment on the app. And uh, we thank you. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Bogato from JM in the AM. גלי צהל השעה שתיים, שלום רב באולפן מרים בלוך עם מה שקורה עכשיו. ההסכם על הגבול הימי עם לבנון. בעוד כשעה יערך מעמד החתימה הרשמי בהשתתפות צוותי המשא ומתן הישראלים והלבנונים בבסיס האום בן נקורה, אחריו יינתנו הצהרות לתקשורת. שרי הממשלה אישרו את נוסח ההסכם בישיבה מיוחדת שכונסה הבוקר. שרת הפנים איילת שקד הייתה היחידה שהתנגדה. לפני החתימה אמר ראש הממשלה יאיר לפיד, זו היסטוריה, לא בכל יום מדינת אויב מכירה בישראל. מנגד, נשיא לבנון מישל אהון אמר שההסכם לא ישנה את מדיניות החוץ של ארצו, שנותרה באופן רשמי במצב מלחמה עם ישראל, כך לדבריו. ויכוח בישיבת הממשלה לפני אישור הקיצוץ הרוחבי למימון הסכם השכר עם הסתדרות המורים, מדווח כתבנו המדיני יניר קוזין. במהלך הישיבה שלא פעם הגיעה לטונים גבוהים, אמר השר לביטחון פנים עומר בר לב, כי שרים פונים אליו ואומרים לו כל הזמן שהמשרד שלו חשוב, ועכשיו מצביעים על קיצוץ. המשרד הזה הוא לא כמו שאר המשרדים, אמר בר לב. גם השרים מיכאלי והורוביץ הביעו את מורת רוחם מהקיצוץ. השר הנדל אמר כי המטרה הייתה חיזוק ביטחון הפנים, וכי הממשלה נכשלה במטרה הזאת. לבסוף אישרה הממשלה את הקיצוץ. השר עומר בר לב התנגד. השרים מרב מיכאלי וניצן הורוביץ לא השתתפו בהצבעה. החינוך יפעת שאשא ביטון בירכה על אישור המקור התקציבי להסכם השכר. מדובר בחובתנו המוסרית כממשלה וכמדינה, ואני מודה לחבריי לממשלה שהבינו את צו השעה והם נרתמו למאמץ שהוא בעל חשיבות לאומית. מדבריה הביאה כתבתנו לענייני חינוך יובל ורד מילר.
נשים תוכלנה להשתבץ כלוחמות טנקים בחיל הגנת הגבולות, כך אישר הרמטכ"ל כוכבי בתום פיילוט ניסוי שארך כשנתיים. מדווח כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש. בסיומו של פיילוט שנמשך קרוב לשנתיים, הרמטכ"ל כוכבי הכריע כי לוחמות השריון בגבול מצרים עמדו בהצלחה בכל התבחינים המקצועיים והרפואיים, וכי צה"ל יחל לגייס באופן קבוע נשים כטנקיסטיות. הלוחמות התגייסנה למערך הגנת הגבולות בגבול מצרים בלבד. כיום יש כבר ארבע מחלקות שהתגייסו במסגרת הניסוי, שיהפכו מהיום למסגרות קבועות בפיקוד הדרום. חמישה ימים לבחירות. סגן השר אביר קארה, יושב ראש מפלגת חופש כלכלי, צפוי להודיע הערב כי לא יעביר את תמיכתו למפלגה אחרת בבחירות, אחרי פיצוץ במגעים לתמיכתו בבית היהודי. במקביל, חברת רשימה של שקד שוקלת לפרוש. מדווח כתבנו הפוליטי יובל שגב. שקד הציע לקארה שיתמוך במפלגתה תמורת הבטחה על הקרח לתפקיד שר אם היא תעבור את אחוז החסימה. המגעים לא צלחו וקארה צפוי להודיע על המשך ריצה עצמאית על אף ששתי המפלגות לא עוברות את אחוז החסימה. במקביל דיווחנו כי מספר 4 ברשימתה של שקד ניצנה דרשן לייטנר אמרה לפני מספר ימים לפעילי פורום בוחרים בחיים כי היא שוקלת לפרוש מהבית היהודי. במפלגה מכישים בתוקף. ומזג האוויר, הטמפרטורות רגילות לעונה, ייתכנו ממטרים מקומיים בהרים, ומחר יתחמם. אלה החדשות שעורכת דניאל הראל. Oh, yeah. 
J.M. in the A.M. with Avram Freed. Kishoshana is the name of that one. Here on a Thursday morning broadcast. Big Thursday because every Thursday is a big day here at the Nahum Siegel Network. We'll go through the schedule in just a second. Mordechai Shapiro had Sheramalos. You heard Chaim Shal Shalom from Yaakov Shweki and Eitan Freilich with Hamalach opening up the hour here at JM and the AM. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Uh, today's schedule, we promised you. Here we go. And a big thank you to Avrami, by the way, not just for the schedule, but for sitting in yesterday morning at JM and the AM. A big thank you to Avrami. Appreciate it immensely. Uh, Rabbi David Cohen's going to join us today, 8 o'clock hour, with the uh, book Together Again. We'll discuss the book Together Again coming up here at JM and the AM. Charlie Harari at 9 a.m. with uh, Unlocking Greatness. The topic is Still Standing and Parshas Noach. Jew in the City Speaks with uh, Allison Josephs. Uh, Dr. Paul Root Wolpe is going to be her guest in the encore presentation about Is There a Jewish Gene? That's live with Miriam Al Wallach with Yechiel Kalish, Chief Executive Officer of Hevra Hatzala Volunteer Ambulance Service. That's happening at 10.30 a.m. this morning. Uh, live lunch with Yassi's Y at 11. The Arab Shabbos Show brought to you by our friends at Kedem, hosted by Mark Zamek. That'll be on at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Tani Gutterman with Tani Talks Parsha at 10 p.m. tonight here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Um, the Erev Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek will be uh, on at uh, 7 p.m. tonight, 3 a.m. tomorrow, and 10 a.m. tomorrow. All right, so we'll have all of that for you here uh, at the Nahum Siegel Network. J.M. in the a.m. Thursday morning. Uh, Ellie Marcus is next at J.M. in the a.m.
J.M. in the A.M. with Ellie Marcus and Av Harachamim. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learned that a Korban Tada, a Thanksgiving offering, is brought for four types of Hatzala. Yorde Hayom, people that go on ships in the water. Hoche Midbaros, those who go in the desert. Nisrapa, a person that was ill and then recovered. an individual that was incarcerated in a prison and then was freed. We say, In this bracha, we are not only admitting and giving thanks for the great saving that Hashem has caused for us, but on all the tovos, on all the good that Hashem gives to us at every time and at every hour. That's why we say in Hallel, L'cha ezbach zevach toda. I give to Hashem a special thanksgiving sacrifice on the fact that I was saved. Uveshem Hashem ekra. And I will call out to Hashem, Al for all the good, Shemeti Vimadi, that Hashem has done for me. Rabbeinu Bechaya makes a fascinating comment that a chosen and a kala, a bride and a groom, also have to bring a korban toda. He brings a proof to it from the verse in Yermio, Kol Sosom Vikol Simcha, Kol Chosom Vikol Kala. Kol Omrim Hodu Es Hashem The voice also says, Give thanks to Hashem. Kitov Hashem ki leolam chasto. Because His loving kindness endures forever. The question is asked, What is the great miracle that happened for the Chosan and Kala that necessitates them bringing the Korban Toda, the Thanksgiving offering? If an individual contemplates every shidduch, they will see that there is something supernatural. Every zivug has nisim or miracles that a person can see. Rav Moshe Bernstein, the Rosh Hashiva of Kamenetz once said, 
even though the Hanhaga of Hashem, the hand of Hashem in our generation, is behester ponim, is hidden, there is still one area where you can see hashkocha pratis mufla, open and revealed divine providence, and that is in the area of shiduchim, the area of matrimonial matches. Yirbus mochos Yisrael. May there be many, many simchas and besuros tavos in all of Klau Yisroel. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Yes, I came to live, but I'm a shy, 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 I'm a shy
J.M. and the A.M. with Shlomo Katz. Bikarov is the name of that one here on a Thursday morning broadcast. Uh, Micha Gammerman before that with Yizakenu. 
This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old World Classics, beef, fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net and enjoy a 10% discount with promo code RADIO. And try A&H today. I remind the Bergen County community that a child from the community is in urgent need of a kidney and a kidney donor. Uh, There'll be swabbing locations in the following locations this coming Sunday, October the 30th, from 9 a.m. until 1.30 at Grand in Essex, at Patisse Bakery on Cedar Lane, and at the Lazy Bean Cafe. Uh, From 8.30 until 12.30 at Congregation's B'nai Yishurin, Beth Abraham, Beth Aaron, Renat Yisrael, Beth Shalom, Young Israel of Teaneck, Kesher Center, Jewish Center of Teaneck, and Base Medrash of Bergenfield. So all these, uh, all those synagogues and the um, other locations are swabbing locations for this coming Sunday. Fight kidney failure by getting swabbed or by supporting renewal. It is amazing how uh, recently we have heard about all those who have become donors and become recipients, Baruch Hashem, and you have the opportunity to uh, to be a donor as well. Go to Renewal.org for information, Renewal.org. And again, that event is coming Sunday all over the Teaneck, Bergen County area. JM in the AM, more coming up on a uh, Thursday morning broadcast with David Lowy at JM in the AM. I've got a song that's been waiting all too long to be strong, to be humped, to be heard. An uplifting string of notes, it's a melody of hope that's been in the works all over the world. The pain of girls tears has seen us through many tears and we're ready for a change of beat. When we finally feel his footsteps approaching, our niggin will be
the darkest night keeps us holding on. But any day I will hear it play, resounding across the globe. When clients so well greets that day, it's finally heard. Ich 
The most amazing dream last night It was very thrilling and entrancing The world became a place so filled with light And in my dream Jews everywhere were dancing Because Mashiach had arrived Peace and love began to thrive No more war, no more hate A time to celebrate a Since long ago at Har Sinai, Chavedim Ko Yisroel. Mishe Asa Nisim, Asa Nisim Lavoteinu, Vega'alotam, Me'avdut Lecheru. Israel, Yedidim Kol Israel, Chaverim Kol Israel. Hashem, we beg of you, please make this dream come true. By now it's surely known, we just can't do it on our own. And though for centuries, we've waited patiently. And in my dream when I turned on the news All they did was talk about the Jews 
They wondered, how could we have been so wrong? I think deep down they knew it all along. Because Moshiach had arrived, peace and love began to thrive. The whole world came to storm our gates, but there's no gators, it's too late. And for the first time, my oh my, since long ago at Harsinai. Hashem, we beg of you. J.M. and the A.M. with Chaverim, done by Journeys, volume number five. Benny Friedman on the lead. Great song. Uh, wrapping up the hour for us here at J.M.M. Shlaimi Gertner before that with the Hodos medley. Bensi Marcus had Matovu, Niguna Midbar, done by Eliyahu Chait. And I thank you for tuning in to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Thursday morning broadcaster by David Cohen is expected to join us with the brand new book entitled Together Again. Tomorrow, Malcolm Honeline. We will go through the news of the week, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time with the weekly update. Make sure to be tuned in for that. Erev Shabbos Show with Mark Zomik happens tonight at 7 p.m. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, followed by Tani Talks Parsha with Tani Gutterman. Tomorrow, 3 a.m. and 10 a.m., the Erev Shabbos Show with Mark Zomik, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Live lunch today with Yassi Zwag, brand new That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach as she speaks with the CEO of uh, Hatzala, uh, Rabbi Echiel Kalish. And uh, plenty coming up all through the schedule today, as you would expect on a Thursday, and of course tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. Hour number three begins with Maishi Tischler at JM in the AM.
when you thank Hashem for everything that you have, Mamish, everything. Everything in the world draws back to Hashem. So join me together.
JM in the AM with Avremo. That's Avram Freed. Lebedik is the name of that one. Certainly is Lebedik. Before that, from Big Time Alterheim, you heard the above of March. Yosef Chaim had a say. The wedding medley was done by uh, Blue Melody. Joey Newcomb had Bo Ray, and we opened up the hour with uh, Rock Hayom. That was Maishi Tischler on a Thursday morning broadcast here at JMN. Plenty of great programming all through the day. Don't forget our live lunch happens with Yossi Zweig starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Also, tonight, Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos Show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That'll be on tonight at 7 p.m., followed by Tani Gutterman and Tani Talks Parsha. That'll be on at around 10 p.m. this evening. Uh, Erev Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem tomorrow morning at 3 a.m. and tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. as well. All here on NSN. Rabbi David Cohen is with us. The brand new book is entitled Together Again, Reimagining the Relationships that Anchor Our Lives. Uh, Rabbi David Cohen is the author and uh, he is... uh, Described as a dynamic Torah personality who has been referred to as the Renaissance Rabbi. He um, graduated from Columbia Law School, holds a master's in family therapy from the University of North Texas, has done coursework at Columbia, Yad Vashem, and the Tikva Fund. He's also learned under some of the great Torah luminaries of this generation. He's author of the book, We're Almost There, Living with Patience, Perseverance, and Purpose. Uh, He is the host of the Jewish Philanthropy Podcast with thousands of listeners, a skilled fundraiser as a senior relationship officer at the Orthodox Union and served 18 years in the pulpit rabbit at Manhattan, the five towns area in New York, and early in his career in New Jersey. Rabbi David Cohen, author of the brand new book, Together Again. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Malcolm, thank you so much for having me. It's It's been a while in a few years, but it's great to be back. I appreciate that. The book's subtitle is Reimagining the Relationships that Anchor Our Lives. If not for the pandemic, would this book have been written? Uh, probably not. Probably not. The pandemic certainly was the was the impetus being cut off from so many loved ones and, and watching so many people, unfortunately, tragically suffering in so many ways. It really gave real opportunity for many of us to reflect and to begin to reimagine, you know, many of us, we, we sometimes come up short in terms of our relationships because we're so haggard and we're so busy and we have so many things going on in our lives. And an unexpected benefit of the pandemic, I think, was really the ability to take a step back, to be by ourselves, to be really just intimately with our, with our, with our spouses if we were married and with children. But really being cut off from others, it was really an opportunity to really think about what would I like these relationships to be when and hopefully if and when, and thankfully we do have now the opportunity to to come back together and to reimagine that. You know, it's interesting. We always use the expression, everything in moderation. And even for those of us, mm-hmm. even for those of us who love our families and love our work, uh, it just seemed that the extreme that was uh, instituted because of the pandemic um, it was not was not the best of situations. And I would argue that even those who, you know, again, you know, love and have um and and have you know fond uh, both memories and experiences uh with people around them uh at some point it was just i don't know a little bit too much how do you look back at that entire period do you look back with you know with with great positive 
uh, with a great positive outlook, or do you uh, or do you agree that there was a a balance needed that wasn't there? First of all, I'll just say last night I happened to be in Brooklyn for a Hanan Ben Ari concert, and I was uh, you know in in the midst of thousands of people jumping and screaming and dancing and being inspired and being uplifted. And this turns my life. I said this is unbelievable. Like we were at we were at a Ishari Bo concert in the same locale about 18 months previous, it was kind of still very much on the heels of the pandemic. And right. we had to wear masks going in there. It was, it was, it was, and it was just, just, just as a reflection, like, wow, like, thank, thank God for where we are today. I mean, it's an amazing thing. Looking back, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to even believe that we really were where we were. I, I thought it very difficult to, uh, to, to grab onto. Frankly, different people experience it differently. It's very hard to say, you know, kind of from one objective standpoint, you know, good, bad, everything in life, I think, is a, is a hybrid, is a mixture of lessons that can be learned, uplifting and inspiring experiences, even in the most difficult of times. And of course, like as you're mentioning, obviously, there were times that were very, very challenging. You know, my 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 individual work with people was certainly a skyrocketing during the time of the pandemic. <laughs> you know, with the advent of, of the, you know, the ability, I really had clients from throughout the United States were, were reaching out and people did need a lot of chizik and a lot of strength, Jews and non-Jews. I mean, people... All different types of people were struggling with people. And the basic, the baseline I'd say is like if your relationships were pretty solid beforehand, you probably were able to catapult forward and, and to and to thrive uh, despite the challenges. And if relationships were a little shaky going into the pandemic, certainly uh, when you when you apply a lot of pressure to something that's not solid on a solid foundation, oftentimes you can have a, a detrimental impact. Uh, yes. Uh, that I have to agree with. The book is called Together Again. Right? David M. Cohen is with us. Uh, now, the book really goes through a lot of relationships. And we could we could spend a day, you know, talking about the different relationships that you are uh, uh, discussing here, including uh, relationships with role models and teachers, relationships with those who are different than us, relationships with oneself, relationships in time, space, and place, relationships with parents, spouses, and children, with the world at large. I mean, we're talking about every, every one of these chapters could have been its own book. Right. Yeah, I mean, certainly you could go. You could go. You know, when you learn a, a Torah topic, right? You could go right? And certainly each of these essays and presentations could have could have been elaborated on and, and, and gone a lot deeper in. So yeah, certainly I just wanted to touch on on things on a, on a basic level. Some of them certainly have footnotes that that point to deeper conversation. But you know, you're you're all limited, right? You are limited when you're speaking. You can speak out an issue more. This is kind of giving what they call the Russia proctor or the right. or the headings of of different uh, critical relationships. All right, right. With, that, with that in mind, now that we understand we can't go through everything, let's go through some of the things that you write about. You know, it's interesting um, on the topic of role models and teachers. Um, it, it, there's always this um, uh, there's always this discussion about whether a role model can come from outside of our religious realm uh can one learn something from those who are involved who those who may not be from our faith and in addition to that to those who may be involved in things that you know we generally don't tend to gravitate to uh gravitate toward uh what could you tell us about learning from everybody about finding something to consider uh, almost anybody a role model if done the right way well Chazal teach us right hello made me call adam who is a wise person? Somebody who is able to learn from every person. I think. I mean, there may be different ways to interpret that, but certainly in the, in the broadest sense, there is what to learn from from every person. I do make, you know, I'm not bashful about this. I do make references in some of the writing to even professional uh, athletes who I think one can learn from in certain ways. Certainly not 
you know, as, as B'nai and B'nos Torah, they're not, they're not people that we look up to in, in the fullest sense, but, but in terms of a work ethic, in terms of uh, striving for excellence, you know, there, there definitely is uh, lessons to be learned in terms of how do you deal with defeat. Uh, we talk about in terms of a great tennis player. There's, there's, definitely, there's definitely lessons that can be learned, you know, uh, across, across the board, I think, from, from any, any human being. We can, learn, we can learn a tremendous, tremendous amount. In fact, just in terms of one relationship that I mentioned uh, in the introduction to the book, just because it's, it's very much Omed al it's very much on my mind right now. So I was, I was blessed and privileged just to celebrate my 50th birthday. Wow, well, Mazal and this And this week, I actually went out uh, for dinner I have, uh, we had a, we had a clever, a group of us, five, five guys. We all went to elementary school, high school together here in the five towns area, Hafter, Hebrew Academy of the five towns in Rockaway. And we've been fortunate to stay together as friends for, you know, 35, uh, 40 plus years. We all got together this week, which was, which was amazing in terms of relationships and gaining and growing and, and getting physical from each other. And in the book, I actually write in the introduction of the book is partially dedicated to a very close friend of mine, Rabbi Dr. Baruch. Brian Galbit from Boca Raton, who unfortunately passed away a number of years ago uh, from a brain tumor. And he was a tremendous uh, role model. And I talk a lot about relationships, even with people that are no longer present, but people that we relate to them through our memory. And at this dinner with my friends, they were passing around some pictures that we had from camp when we went to Camp Raleigh many years ago. And, and Brian was actually in the picture with me and I actually sent it to Brian's wife, who Baruch Hashem is remarried now. I sent it to her yesterday. So just in terms of just basic relationships, like it's just amazing just through the last few days, even just my, my, through my own experiences of being able to connect with people that are here, the people that are unfortunately not here and people that are, you know, with technology now you can connect with people no matter where they are and you can stay in touch with people. And it's really a beautiful thing. And it gives so much more meaning to, to my life and to other people's lives, uh, the benefit of having People, people, meaningful people that we have been able to be connected with for so many years. Hey, look, I mean, I have to admit that was one of the benefits of uh, being in a technological era during COVID, uh, that we were able, as you just described, to you know to zoom in with others and to you know g- get in touch with them on a, you know on a, you know in a second through uh, via telephone, FaceTime, etc. So all of that uh, were big benefits. Uh, it's just that you also have it's obvious from the way you write and the way you speak. You obviously have a a deep uh, understanding and a deep appreciation for the face-to-face encounter, for being able to, you know, sit down and speak to somebody, for, you know, the ability to sit down and interact with somebody. And I think, again, you know, the more we remember how much of a balance we need of that in our lives, the better off we are. A thousand, a thousand percent. I, I know that you have a, a strong relationship with the Orthodox Union, which is uh, my employer, and the two offices uh, this week, really for the first time uh, in a really long time. And just the ability to be present and to speak with colleagues face-to-face and spend quality time with them, it's, it, we call it a right? You can't compare. At the end of the day, we make use of technology, and there are many benefits, but to get the vibe of the other person, to, to be able to be physically present. And I know many therapists and many coaches do their work today, you know, via Zoom and via the Internet and via technology. But at the end of the day, like, you are missing. You, de- you have to be able to acknowledge and, and be aware that you're missing something. 
right. in the dynamic, in the interaction, if you're not able to sit face-to-face. Right, the same way that a student is sitting on Zoom and listening to a class or interacting with teachers and students through that method, that we have to keep in mind it's just not the same as much as we try to convince ourselves that it is. All right, David Cohen is with us, Reimagining the Relationships that Anchor Our Lives. The book is entitled Together Again. It is a Mosaic of Press release distributed by Feldheim and um, highly recommended. You write about relationships with those different from ourselves. Uh, you can speak about this from a very personal standpoint. And one of the, one of the challenges we always have when we meet uh, people who are of different backgrounds or those who might have uh, special needs is we're never quite sure how to interact with them, how to you know allow uh, what it is that makes them different from us to seep into that relationship and how much of that we should ignore. And you address this a lot in these chapters, in these essays on this topic. What can you tell us about re- relating to those who are different than us? I think you're alluding to a little bit about, you know, my, my wonderful son, Yadidya, who has Down syndrome, our, our Bukhari, 17 years old. And certainly I write about this topic from that perspective. But before I even get to that, I do write a little bit later in the book about the amazing interplay that I only learned about relatively recently between Supreme Court Justices Antonin Scalia, the Coronel of Racha, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Coronel of Racha, in the sense that they were obviously from polar opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of their of their outlook and their and their perspective and their politics, but they were actually best of friends, closest of friends, and they had the utmost respect for each other, and they were able to kind of put aside their differences and be able to genuinely listen and hear what the other person perspective is, viewpoint is, and they were generally open to hearing that. And I think that comes ultimately from having the respect at the core of the, we'll call it Selim Kim, like the other person is created in the image of, of God. That certainly dovetails beautifully with, you know, special needs children and, and special needs adults and, and people that may be on the surface, on the, on, the, on the exterior. Maybe they don't communicate as effectively as we do. Maybe they look a little bit different, but at the core, they have a, a beautiful spark of God, maybe even a greater spark of God. God within them. And that's something that our society, I, I know that you know, you know, so deeply needs and requires. We live in such a fractured society, a fractured time, whether it's in Israel, whether it's here in the diaspora. It's, it's something that's so critical. If, if people can gain that insight, that little tidbit, that little spark from this book, that it's not the worst thing in the world to have relationships with people that are a little bit, you know, different from ourselves. I actually saw my, my, my good friend, Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg, who's the Rav of Boca Raton Synagogue. He was actually promoting over sukkahs. He was encouraging his balabatim. He was encouraging his family that when they invite Shpizan, when they invite guests into the sukkah, that this year he was asking people to invite somebody who was very different from you. Like, you know, imagine, you know, a fantasy. Like you're inviting, who would you invite in Jewish history? But invite someone who is not like of your ilk. It's not of your chassidus. It's not of your... Viewpoint, and I, I think that's that's so crucial. We only grow by, you know, you have this like social media ec- social media echo chambers, right? And oftentimes, people on their feeds, they're always basically they're putting out a position, and yeah, great point. But it's they're they're talking, they're preaching to the choir, right? How often do we actually venture out to talk to people who genuinely have disparate viewpoints, and we genuinely respect and we hear them and listen? We try to inculcate and grow and expand our viewpoints from gaining from other people. That, but I think the undercurrent of just basic respect sadly has deteriorated in our society, hasn't been modeled yeah, you know, it, it, it in the idyllic fashion. It seems to me that the Scalia-Ginsburg um, model 
was just, you know, was almost, you know, commonplace in Washington and in other, you know, parts of the world, uh, you know, just a few decades ago. And now it's, you know, we pine for it. Now we wish that people had that type of respect and were able to interact and appreciate the differences and have civil conversations. They disagree on something. I, I don't know what happened, but it just it seems like that era is a bygone era. It's, it's tragic. I have a footnote of the book where I talk about you know, when I was in the pulpit in, in, in Manhattan, I once gave a, gave a drush on a topic. It was a little bit of a controversial topic at the time, and it's, it's flaring up again uh, you know, now without getting into the details of it. But you know, a, 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 men, a trusted mentor of mine who I genuinely had affection for like, basically like, canceled me because that was it. Like, he didn't like what I said, and he didn't like the way I was approaching the issue. And and I've something that I've felt at times in my life, and I think many of us have felt. And I think the people that genuinely are able to maintain and retain relationships with people that are genuinely different from them in terms of observance level, in terms of perspective, I think they have the richest lives. I really think they have uh, something that many of us lack. And it's something that, again, I know it's hard, just words, but to put it into practice is much more difficult. But it is something that I think needs uh, mention. I'm glad that you, you know, that you gave me the opportunity to share that. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm in full agreement. Um, right, David Cohen is with us. All right, we only have a few minutes, and there's so much here I want to get to. Let's uh, let's do a couple of them. Uh, you talk about in the relationship with oneself, and again, this is a you know a big COVID observation: the personal prayer versus communal prayer. Now, I know there are a lot of people that when COVID hit and this unique experience of davening at home uh, became you know <laughs> became prevalent, I know that they were lauding the um, uh, the beauty of it and how much they appreciate it, and some. People People, sadly, in my opinion, have kept that custom going. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think a personal prayer, you know, can can, can shine the shoes of communal prayer, if you will. Um, what, what is your perspective on what's best for the Jewish community when it comes to connecting to God? It's a that's a very big question. I don't know if I'm in position to say what's best for the you know Jewish community, but I'll, I'll try to you know I'll try to tackle it a little bit. It happens to be it's interesting. You know, I was Meshuganola Osodavar in terms of Tila the Tibor. I was I was I have I had mentioned in the book that I was once on a vacation, and whatever the details were, I ended up in a place where there was no minion for Shabbos. This is pre-COVID, right. and I was traumatized the entire week. Right. I was like trying. I was making all these calculations to drive back hours and and and, and burden my family because. I couldn't imagine not being with a minion for Shabbos. And then Hashem sent me a minion, which was an amazing story unto itself. And then fast forward just a, a few months after this whole anecdote happened. And now I'm dominating at home on Shabbos and I'm loving it. And I don't have any anxiety about it whatsoever. And it's like many things. Like I think in life, like we're, we're starting now the parishes of Horatius and Yaakov Avinu is the midah of what's called Tiferes, which means synthesis, which means beauty comes from synthesis, synthesis meaning there could be times when predominantly we want to dine with the Tibor because of all the mileage, because of all the extra strengths we have. You know, if I dine with you, Nachum, so I, I merit to have all your amazing schoolios that maybe I don't have, and that helps catapult my, my tzilos higher, and that's an opportunity I don't want to squander. At the same time, there were many great Gedol Yisrael, people that I knew personally, great Talmud HaKam, that often did not dine with a minion. That is a reality. That's a pre-COVID reality. Right. And there, there, there definitely is room, I think, you know, in Jewish prayer, for individual interaction with God in the framework of prayer, uh, you know, it doesn't look. We can pray all day long. Meaning, there is a concept of prayer of talking to God at all times, 
from the comfort of our homes, maybe not during the delineated minion time, but there is a concept halacha as well, that if you can't make it to shul, you should try to daven at least at the same time as the tzibor is davening. That right. also has a potency to tap into that. So it's a complex topic, and certainly the, the, you know, the mainstream approach and the approach that I would advocate for is to try to get to shul as much as possible, at the same time appreciating and realizing that in Makomos Hatzila that are not yet fully evolved and not yet in the idyllic frame of uh, where they're supposed to be in terms of creating the right environment, their atmosphere, there may be people at times that could benefit from, you know, davening by themselves. I think that is the reality. And I, and by, I, have, I have to add, by the way, that I think, I believe I'm right, that some of the Torah giants that you uh, cited, uh, who they themselves um, uh, davened in private, uh, they may not recommend that for, for the regular lay person. It's, it's, uh, I, I think that that's, I think I'm right saying that. That they did not always yeah, I, I think that, I think that's right. I think it's something that is for I think that's something that's for a yachid school. But I I'd say that on my own level, there are times in my own experience. You know, I'm not embarrassed to say this, where I may, on occasion, on occasion, like not make that extra effort. Sometimes, like late at night, at 11:30 at night, a mariv. There's one last one. I got to drive 10 minutes. Like where pre-COVID, I may never have ever thought of not making the effort. Now I sometimes don't. Not so much because. I'm lazy as much as it's like, you know what? There's an opportunity sometimes to tap back into what that experience was. There's something to that as well, because there was a lot gained. I, I'm talking about people that take it seriously and take prayer seriously and take no, I get relationship that. with Hashem seriously. That's I what I'm saying. That. Very interesting. Very interesting perspective. I appreciate that perspective. Whether I agree with it or not is irrelevant. I, I do appreciate that perspective very much. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, best place to get the book. What's We're the demonstrating what we... We're demonstrating what we talked about, that we can have different viewpoints, but we can respect each other. That's right. No, you you made me think just now, which I appreciate greatly. Uh, Best place to get the book. What's the website, the best place to get the book? So my website is RabbiDovidMCohen.com. RabbiDovidMCohen.com. One can avail themselves of both of my books there on my website, as well as a lot of other offerings that I share in terms of individual coaching, working with people one-on-one. The website's a great locale. Amazon has the book. You can you order it on Amazon. You'll get it very quickly. And and many of the Jewish bookstores, unfortunately, here in the five towns, all three books, all three Jewish bookstores. I mean, I guess fortunately, the books have all sold out. So we're in the process of getting them reordered. Uh, but uh, yeah, there should be about you know wherever you live in the United States, there should be a nice Judaica store that hopefully you know still has some copies on the shelf. Book is called Together Again by David M. Cohen. All right, I, like I said, we're pressed for time, but I'll. I'll do one more with you. You do have a chapter, a part of the book that deals with relationships regarding parents, spouses, and children. You actually have an essay entitled The State of Marriage in 2022 and Beyond and one entitled Living for the Children. I know it's a big topic. I know it takes a lot more time, but could you give us some type of of summary or some type of observation uh, based on the COVID experience and based on recent times? You do, after all, talk about marriage for 2022 and beyond, about family life in our community. What could you tell us that can uh, be machazic, that could strengthen people when it comes to uh, spouses and children? I I do a lot of work individually with couples, both in terms of therapeutically and and coaching them to, to live their best marriages, their best lives. And it's, it's something that at the core, if a person is blessed to be married, and obviously it's a separate discussion in terms of shidduchim crises and people trying to get married, it's not, you know, not part of our discussion at the moment, but people who are blessed to be married have to, I think, appreciate that that is the greatest blessing that you possibly could have. Now, obviously, if you don't have a happy marriage or a good marriage, you may not feel that. But if anything COVID taught us, we do need to be together again. We do need 
We do benefit from having other people in our lives, maybe in gradation, maybe, maybe, you know, sometimes more, sometimes less, but we all need other people. It's one of the saddest and loneliest things to be all by yourself, particularly when a person becomes elderly and doesn't have, maybe doesn't have children. I know people, many people I know who never got married, who are older, who are, who are not well, and like who takes care of them. And it's even on the most basic level of that, it's so important. But at the core, relationships require work. Marriage takes a lot of work. You know, it's taking, fusing together two different people from disparate backgrounds who have to work and have to grow. I just, I look, you know, I look at my own marriage, you know, like I'm married now, Baruch Hashem, you know, almost 19 years. And it's a metamorphosis. It's a, it's a progression. It's something that get to know each other deeper and trust each other more and love each other more. And it comes to giving and it comes to understanding and it comes to changing ourselves. And any growth oriented person can have an amazing marriage, but it takes work and you can't take those relationships for granted. And there's of course a trickle down effect to the children if we're blessed with children through that marriage, which is obviously the goal of marriage, which we just read last week in uh, Parsha's Beratius. Ultimately, the children, I mentioned there, I think, an idea from Rav Simcha Wasserman that the children are like little immigrants. They, they soak in like everything that they observe and they see. I see this in my own life. I'm blessed with five beautiful, wonderful children, and they, they see everything. They sense everything. And, and sometimes, like recently, like my wife and I were having like a disagreement, and, and they, they pick up on everything. You know? and sometimes they even misinterpret, sometimes they misinterpret things. But we have to realize that we're not just, you know, we're not just investing in our own personal happiness but we're also investing in our children's future and their happiness because there is a lot of correlation between the types of marriages that kids grow up around and observe and see in terms of their own stability in marriages. And you see often, I you see this very frequently, that the children of divorce, it's not, it's not a fait accompli, but certainly I think children of divorce have to work harder right. to establish secure bonds and secure relationships and to ensure that they don't repeat, unfortunately, you know, what they saw growing up. Because we are a product of our experiences. Simple as that. Uh, Rabbi Cohen, always a pleasure. I really do look forward an even, to an even longer conversation with you about these topics and continued good luck and success to you. And, and the Mazdav on the book. Uh, I enjoyed it immensely, and I certainly enjoyed this conversation as well. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for the, for the opportunity, for the platform, and continue the amazing work that you've been doing for Klaus for so many years. There's so many of us now that have podcasts. But you're you're basically you know you're the originator. You're really the you know the first person who made the, the imprint that continues to make the imprint. And I wish you bracha atzlacha amed atzimshana. Appreciate that very much. A mosaic press release. It's together again. The book is called Together Again: Reimagining the Relationships That Anchor Our Lives. Rabbi David M. Cohen is the author, and our guest this morning. Go to the website or by davidmcohen.com or by davidmcohen.com. Order uh, either of his two books, including the new one, Together Again, and enjoy. Uh, I certainly, uh, um, I, I, it certainly was a thought-provoking experience for me to read the book and to speak to Rabbi Cohen. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM. Yisroel, 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 Mi 
My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Thursday here at JM and the AM. Plenty tomorrow, including the weekly update with Malcolm Holmline. Make sure to be tuned in 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow morning. Kedem presents the Arab Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek. Starts at 7 p.m. tonight, followed by Tani Talks Parsha. Brand new edition of That's Life with Miriam Al Wallach happens at 10.30 this morning, followed by live lunch with Yossi Zweig at 11 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.